Welcome. We are live. Everyone to Jubilee Street, a music podcast. I am Ian McCurtis. My co-host is Jake Curtis. He just said this was an all-timer episode. We haven't even recorded the damn thing yet. We talk about all kinds of stuff here. Today, we are talking about Galleon Ship from Ghostine. If I could sail a Galleon Ship Long, lonely ride across the sky That's right. This is episode two of our Ghostine residency. And Ian told me, he always gives me homework, and he says if I don't finish it on time, I'm punished. Um, I'm not allowed to reveal what the punishment is, but he does punish me. Um, and I got my homework done on time for this episode, uh, and he asked me to pick a song. Um, he picked the first one we did, which was the intro to the album, Spinning Song, and now we're doing Galleon Ship. So let's just jump right into it. This is, uh, I, I guess, right about like halfway through the album, nearer to the end of the first half as it's split up on like streaming services and um, on the release. What are the first couple of things feelings or thoughts that come to mind for this song, Ian? Does it remind you of a Disney movie? It reminds me of Castle in the Sky. Reminds me of Peter Pan. Peter Pan's a good one, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So, naturally, just made me think of Kingdom Hearts, fighting on that ship, all Mm -hmm. kinds of memories that feel like it was real my real life, but it was just a video game. That's a great... Uh, Neverland's a great level from Kingdom Hearts because you learn to fly. You can start flying in that level. You can really fly. He can fly. I'm a real boy. And you don't need a jetpack. Uh, you don't need a jetpack to fly over bullies. Just let you just press hold square and glide. Uh, Castle in the it, Sky is a great comparison because this album feels like it could be a Miyazaki movie. It's so sweet, sentimental. Yeah, this feels like um like it was a like a nursery rhyme that Nick had like kept on the back burner and maybe planned to do like something else with it, but it came out in this form and it fits the like whole pastiche and like picture that Ghostine in full is like setting up. And I like was really moved by this song the instrumental's just as good as what we did with a uh, spinning song last week, but I feel like this song feels a little like less sad to me and more like celebratory and kind of has like this sense of fun to it. And it's a weird thing to say about this record, but yeah. Do you think Jake? Maybe we talked about this, but if we have, it's it was like two years ago because it had to be on the early episodes. So sorry. Yeah, so we'll talk about it again. Do you care? Can we get really deep here? Yeah, go ahead. What do you think is the nature of the afterlife? Do you believe in an afterlife? Well, um, I used to not think that I believed in ghosts, but I think that I might have a ghost haunting me. Um, this is a great setup to a joke, but I don't think this is a joke. This isn't a joke. It's a good setup, though. Remember? I... <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll 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 lock that away for later. I've just like started feeling these presen- presences like walking around the 
apartment at night, and it's probably just like a visual slash auditory hallucination, like from waking up in the middle of the night to go pee or something. But I definitely like, yeah, I definitely think like there's an afterlife. I think human beings are like, especially now more than ever, I think we're like too anxious and like thoughtful of creatures to, you know, not have some kind of like after processing effect. Like, I mean, that's why when we die, DMT gets expressed so that death is made to be less scary. Like it, it, it feels like you're at least the God that's what molecule. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> was that uh, Joe? I, I didn't even know it's Joe Rogan, a DMT guy. Oh, he's into all that shit. Uh, I knew Corey would want me to name drop Joe Rogan. He's a big fan. The, yeah. So there are like chemicals and stuff that get expressed when you die. And like, I don't know. I'm really pretty scared of death. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people who say, like, oh, I don't want to live that long and I don't, I'm okay if I die, you know, young or something like that. And I don't really want to do that. I, I don't want to be dead, mainly because I don't know what it's like. So I don't really know what the afterlife looks like, but like, the older I get, the more I sort of have a handle on like why there's people who have like their faith and their spirituality because. I think the not knowing is like the hardest, one of the harder things of like human existence, no matter who you are, is like, you know, depending on your relationship with death and like your relationship with yourself in living, like in the living world, like I feel like all that stuff can really determine like what your next life could be. And I I do think that there's not a whole lot of evidence for it, but I do think reincarnation is a thing. So what do you think you're going to come back as? Probably a dog. Most people throughout my life have said that I resemble most like the energy of a dog, like a faithful dog. Okay, and then when the when your dog self dies, what are you going to be after that? Mm, probably human again. Oh, it's going to be a cycle of human dog, human dog. But I guess the whole thing about reincarnation is you could just come back as like a wrench or something, right? I mean, I don't know if that's exactly it, but... Like a wrench, like to a me, tool? Yeah, yeah, or... Don't you have to come back know, as something living? Well, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Is there's like jokes that you like? What if you come back as like a wrench or a tool, and then it kind of like, it makes me wonder like, what would Hank Hill, like, what tool would he choose to come back as? Because you know he'd want to be reincarnated. He wouldn't want to be a propane tank. He'd want to be something useful because he likes to build stuff. You don't think Hank Hill thinks a propane tank is useful? Mm, I I I I I just think there's something else he'd rather come back as than a propane tank. A Texas state flag. I mean, not even that because he isn't a real Texan. It'd probably be a New York flag. That would nope. be the irony of it. Um, anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. I'd, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Uh, do you believe in the afterlife? Uh, unfortunately, it's not very poetic, but I, I I believe you just die and that's it. And it, I would love to believe there was something mm-hmm. else. Like, I really would. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of an afterlife or of reincarnation, but I don't believe in any of it. I can't make myself believe it. Maybe when I'm older, uh, but you can't choose what you believe. Like, I'd be lying if I said I, I believed anything else as much as I would like to. Uh, we're both 30 years old now. Do you have a will yet? Have you written a will for yourself? No. Are you still planning on writing that part of your will where your friends are going to be required to eat your body? Not required. They can if they want. That was okay. They always wanted to. I'm not making anybody eat my body, mm-hmm. but if you want to, I don't need it. 
Which body part would you Jubilee want me Street, to eat? Uh, Jubilee Street Festival, and all the listeners come and have a little Ian steak. Ian BQ. Ian BBQ. Ooh, maybe maybe we'll do like a Korean barbecue kind of thing. I know how much you love Korean barbecue. We could. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I like that idea. But yeah, maybe make I'd, some Ian spring rolls, r- roll you up in some spring rolls or some curry, Ian curry. I, but yeah, I, I don't believe in shit, but I like... I like hearing people talk about it. I like hearing you talk about it. Uh, I asked because that's how I see this song is the first verse is Nick imagining his son's spirit being lonely Mm -hmm. out there in the sky. And then by the last verse, there's so many, right? There's so many different souls all up in the sky, like giving him, giving his son company and making Mm -hmm. it to the afterlife. I don't know if that's been stated. That's what the song's about, but that's how I see it. Uh, I definitely think that's the impression. Um, I'm interested about the choice of a galleon ship over like some other kind of nautical vessel. the uh, The choice for a galleon ship is like seems pretty like particular. One because those are those are like huge ships. Um, it's funny that we've talked a lot about video games in this episode already, but the first thing that came to mind for me just from the name of the song and listening to it. It reminded me a lot of when I got into playing Warcraft. Warcraft has like ships that you can build so you can transport your troops like across the sea in the game so you can go invade other villages and fight humans and stuff. And galleon ships were one of the ones that you could build and they were like one of the bigger ones. So you could fit like 10 units on there as opposed to like you know, two to five or something. I'm sure it was more than that. It's been years since I played those games, but it made me think about that. And uh, I think that's kind of in line with what the song's trying to do. This song like makes me think of very like, very much of the cover of the album, but also it's very sort of like pastel tones. This album feels a lot like Easter to me, like especially this song. This this feels very like, like iconography wise and like the the kind of like, yarns that are being spun it it feels very like judeo-christian which is pretty on par for nick but i think that these sentiments are similar to like a lot of like you know that kind of spirituality where it's like you know it's a little bit more storybookish and like kind of fantasy elements to it uh which i think would make sense with like the where those religious traditions have come from I was thinking about John Steinbeck this week with Nick Cave's the Judeo-Christian thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I think it's Steinbeck in the same way of how, like, I don't know if he was a man of faith. It doesn't really matter. He just used the Bible, like, references constantly to tell his stories. And I feel Nick's the same way. Like, it doesn't really matter if he believes this or not. It's just, like, the template for him to express himself. I always loved uh, Rose of Sharon. Was Rosa the Sharn. Rosa Sharn, uh That's just how was it's one of my, my favorite. That's probably what it sounds like in the book or in with how those me and people my dad too. Would always say it. We'd always be like Rosa cooking, cooking up some side meat. Cooking up some side meat, yeah. Um, that's John Steinbeck's a good book. The Grapes of Wrath, like, well, the Grapes of Wrath is the book. John Steinbeck is a person. No, I'm talking like Grapes of Wrath. Uh, it, it is a really, really good book, and. Um, so I'm Maybe the not surprised that I don't go that far. I haven't read East of Eden yet. 
East of Eden um, is very good too. I'm a big Steinbeck head. What were we talking about? Sorry. Religious imagery, Judeo Christianity. Oh, yeah. Japan. I mean, I I don't think it's a surprise to any of uh, human stakes. I don't think it's a surprise to any of us at this point when talking about Nick that like the Bible is a huge influence on his work and, you know, his interpretation of that kind of thinking has always been a part of what he does. I'm, I'm personally pretty fascinated by it. Like, I think this kind of sentiment is expressed on it at least once on all of his albums, if not more often than that. It's just, it's also interesting too, like the other, the other like part of the afterlife that's, you know, not heaven oriented is hell. And there's also a ship there too. And I feel like there's, there's less often a ship to take you to heaven. Like usually it's like a stairwell or something or a stairway to heaven. Um, Shout out the Beatles. But uh, with hell, you know, there's typically a ship. It's the, um, the river sticks and you get on the boat and you get the boatman's call and all that kind of stuff. And gotta pay you know, the there's toll. kind of a, got to pay the troll's toll to get into this boy's hole. There is all kinds of like imagery with ships more so in the underworld and like hell and Hades and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which I found I did not even kind think of, about that with this song, but that's spot on. Well, because you have to wonder as a parent, like I often think that, I, I think that the most tragic death to me other than animals is children because children until they're at a certain age, like they don't have the agency to speak up for themselves. And I realize that, you know, I don't want to talk too much about his son just out of respect, but I realized his son was, you know, a teenager and had, you know, was growing up, but there's still an element of like innocence to that. And yeah. And it's like the natural way would be that he lived a long life and was fulfilled, but this tragedy happened. And I think that there's a, you know, it's just not the way the natural order is supposed to go. And that's why I started, I, you know, I was like, this song sometimes feels like Nick, obviously, I think, but he really needed to like sort of overcompensate for um, the hellishness that was left in the wake of his son passing and how there were moments maybe where he worried that his son went to hell or might have gone to hell or is or was suffering in the afterlife. And I think that's why the songs on Ghost Teen are so moving is it, it's, it's like they're it, like... It's very purposeful, I think, the way that they recorded and produced this album. Like, it's a sad record, but it sounds very, like, soothing. Like, I think there's a calming quality to it. It it allows you to, like, break down and have those sort of emotional moments with yourself while Nick is sort of in the room with you, like, narrating it. And that's kind of how this experience was, like, for Galleonship and... It's honestly even better, I think, on the Idiot Prayer concert where it was just him covering it on piano. I liked that. I, I, I love almost always when he just like plays the piano and you know breaks the songs down to like a more minimal, even though you can't really call it any more minimal than what's on Ghosting because Ghosting has so many, has so much stuff that's just like synthesizer and Nick and then maybe some drums and 
maybe some guitar, maybe some bass. Like it's pretty sparse as far as instrumentation goes. But yeah, there's a scary quality to this song, I think. I, th- I think just in the same way that like Peter Pan has a scary quality to it, there's like a, there's always sort of that undercurrent of fear with children's stories like this or like nursery rhyme-esque things. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, I think uh, that's what makes those stories like Peter Pan lasting is the like sort of sinister undertone that like, you know, all those stories can be taken in a dark direction if you chose to. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I rewatched that uh, galleon ship. Uh, what's it called? Idiot prayer uh, performance. Uh huh. And it's it is the weird thing to, for me seeing these songs played that way is these songs sound so like ambient and structureless. Mm-hmm. And then when you see them sit down and play piano, it's just like a. I think it's in three four. It's just like a normally structured song with the verse and the chorus. You know, but. The way this album structured, everything seems so formless and improvised yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. Like in, in, informal in a way. Like you're in the room with somebody who's just like yeah, having an emotional like experience. Yeah, it seems like the parts just like bleed into each other naturally without a lot of mm-hmm. thought. And then you hear it played solo and you're like, oh, this is a structured song. Yeah, it's funny to think that like if if it weren't for the vocals, I think... More often than than not, like late era Nick Cave is just ambient music, just Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I um, didn't know what a galleon <clears throat> ship. I, okay, so I only knew the word galleon from Harry Potter until I was probably in my mid twenties. I did not know it was a ship. It's like a for it's like a currency in Harry Potter, isn't it? Yeah, it's the like highest currency. Yeah, because yeah, I'm guessing yeah, yeah. it's like. Twenty dollars or ten dollars. They always had a galleon of like butterbeer or something. Oh, you're thinking of like a a flask or like a tankard. A tankard of yeah. So they used a galleon to buy a tankard of butterbeer. Yeah, now you sound British. Or at least <laughs> from Harry Potter. Yeah. True. One butterbeer, please. Man, I is I'm butter the butterbeer at Universal's vegan, right? I don't know what would be in it that's not. Nah. It's, it's not, not vegan. vegan. Is they the put actual butter in it, I think. I think there's some kind of butter flavor that's not vegan. I wonder if it's the foam, because you can get it. They do the foam separately from where they get the butter beer. I wonder if you got it without the foam, if it's vegan. It's really I, good. I, I need to look into it. I That was always the drink that sounded the best. That and pumpkin juice. Because the, the foam they put on top is kind of marshmallow so I could see there mm-hmm. being some milk in that. Man, the way that they designed all the treats and snacks in Harry Potter like were so was so well done because they all were oriented towards like Halloween and it always sort of had that kind of ghoulish like, you know, Halloween quality to it. Yeah. I always wonder if she had that back in the back of her head as she was writing those books. Like they're a mm-hmm. merch machine. Like clothes are mentioned, candies mentioned, foods mentioned. Like Sports teams, like it seems like it was designed to sell merch. I feel like, as a writer myself, like in my first book, there's a lot of shit I put in there that could eventually be merchandise. <laughs> it's the world building for you. Take note, George R. R. Martin, who we know is actually an established listener of the podcast. Oh, is he? If Martin's a yeah. head? Yeah, he was when he was working on the script for Elden Ring with uh, Miyazaki. He was listening to. The Jubilee Street. I didn't know that. Maybe we could help him finish those books. 
And if you didn't know, uh, there's a there's a there's a different Miyazaki who's like the figurehead behind like Bloodborne and Dark Souls and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought that was the Studio Ghibli Miyazaki until like a couple weeks ago. Shout out Castle in the Sky from our earlier episode. We're tying it all. Our, we're tying it all. Earlier in. part of the episode. He's also yeah. a different Miyazaki than the artist who does paintings and sort of Kanye. You, you know, a lot of what Ghostine sounds like, especially Galleon Ship, reminds me a lot of the sentiment behind To Be the Next Part of the Dream uh, by Paranol, the South Korean guy that mm-hmm. we had on our Jubies. Mm-hmm. Um, just that sort of like childish wonder is really captured a lot in this album. Like, I feel like like in this writing period for Nick and Warren, like there there was an embrace of like new ideas and sort of curiosity as opposed to the more structure-based stuff of push the sky away. And I think they kind of embraced that with Skeleton Tree and then the events that happened in between that and Ghostine really shaped like how they would create music. Because you can hear it in mm-hmm. the Velvet Queen soundtrack. You can hear it on uh, Carnage. Like The songwriting changed immensely within the span of four or five years, I- which is a pretty good amount of time. I agree. Yeah, I think Paranol sounds like nostalgia, also, like a a sense of wonder about your past. Whereas I think what Nick Cave's doing now is mm-hmm. the feeling of carrying that sense of wonder and curiosity into your middle age and beyond, which is one yeah. of the most like endearing qualities I think a person can have is staying curious. I hope to be like that when I'm old. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. If you've ever, I know you've seen like the Miyazaki, like Studio Ghibli movies, but if you ever watch an anime, almost every anime intro, the lyrics are about like curiosity, mm-hmm. fighting, fighting for something, um, passion and stuff like that. And I think yeah. that that's another sentiment that is echoed in Galleon Chip, like, uh, it's really, it's really, really well I think done. Nick and Warren were watching Full Metal Alchemist while they were taking breaks in the studio. I, I'd like to Cowboy think so. Bebop. I'm always, I'm always interested by how many people like mon- uh, anime, because I personally am, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm basically uh, a manga guy. Like I like manga, but I don't like anime as much, uh, unless it's like you know. There's certain things that I really dig. I'm really excited for that Uzumaki. Uh, anime that's coming out. Adult Swim. Um, shout out Adult Swim. But I saw there that is over like half something the about people that. People who have Netflix in America have streamed anime, which blew my mind. Yeah, it's very, very popular in America. And whenever people talk about it, it's one of those things where it's like, I like Fooly Cooly, you know. I like Dragon Ball and like Dragon Ball Z. Like I'll rewatch episodes of that, but rarely do I put one on anymore that I really like. I did really enjoy Memories, which is a collection of like short, like uh, they're like short films. I'll put it. It's like an anthology movie by uh, Otomo who did Akira, but it's I, I'm it's really more about those like artsy anime flicks than watching like a series because there's so goddamn much of it, you know. Anime Corner. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we were talking about uh, Galleon Ship. Let's get back to that. I mean, we can talk about anime. I don't got much to say about Neo it. I Yokio. mean, I 
Neo Yokio? Like, is that like an egg city? Like, no, it's that anime that the dude from uh, Vampire Weekend wrote, and Jaden Smith voiced the main guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that. It was only like six episodes, so I watched mm-hmm. that. I like the short ones. How was it? I thought it was pretty great. I mean, I'm not a big. I, I I'm sure a big anime fan might think it was like watered down <laughs> or Americanized, but for me, I thought mm-hmm. it was great. I don't know much about the genre though. You big Ezra head? I've never. I've tried to listen to Vampire Weekend a couple times. I've never. It's never done anything for me. Hey, what do you I call a? Uh, what do you call a weekend where you uh, die on Friday but you come back to life on on Monday? Uh, Jesus weekend. You call it a Frankenstein weekend. Ah, oh, okay. See, I did there. Yeah, See like a vampire there? weekend side project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll call it a Mary Shelley. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna no sell everyone's jokes now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I want to well, shout out. You, I want to shout out the Grammys. Okay, let's hear it. I think Grammys they listened corner. to the Jubies, and I think they took some notes. Uh-huh. Tyler, what the notes? creator, won Best Rap Album. Yes. Kanye the Jubies West were the first. The won first a couple that. awards. A Rouge Off Top not, won Best not uh, like World Music Song for Mahabat. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been it, but three of our award winners won at the Grammys. So I think in the future, everyone out there, if you win a Juby, you got a good chance of winning a Grammy. Well... The jury's still out about the Kanye win, but I'll let you have that moment in the sun for now. He won two Grammys. If not, I think he won two. I think that was probably like they had to give it to somebody because there wasn't as much. They didn't want to give like there was a lot a lot of better rap songs. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just saying the facts are the facts. Nick Cave lost his Grammy though, unfortunately. Well, he got nominated. I don't yeah. watch. I don't give a fuck about the Grammys. Really, I think um, Carnage got nominated for like best vinyl packaging or something like that. It was one of the like, oh, lower level best vinyl awards. packaging. Yeah, it wasn't like a. <laughs> That's an award. award. Yeah, they got like eighty awards. Jesus Christ! Do they do them all on TV? No, they do like they do like fifty of them off TV, and then they maybe even more than that. They might only do like ten on TV. Just the there's got to be some where they just like ship the award out to you. Yeah, they they only. They do very few on TV. Uh, which leads me to announce that the Jubies won a Grammy for uh, most listened to and only Nick Cave podcast. I would love a Grammy. I'd melt it. What would you melt it into? A dog collar. A bar of, for my dog. And then you, then you put it on Buffy? Mm-hmm. What if it's too small for her beefy neck? It won't be a, gra- a whole ass Grammy. I can make like ten dog collars out of that. When did you start being a smelter? When did yeah. you start smelting? Yeah, I would I would have a side hustle where like on Craigslist I was like I'll make you a piece of jewelry with a little bit of a Grammy in it. Piece of jewelry with a little bit of a Grammy in it. That sounds like a conspiracy theory to me. We better call Mar- we better call on our uh, special guest Marjorie Taylor Green. She was she was hating on your guy Mayor chirp, Pete. Chirp. Hating on my guy, Mayor Pete. I don't even know who that is. You're talking about the guy from Parks and Rec? Pete Buttigieg? He ran for president? Who's that? In 2020? I don't know who, I don't know who that is. Oh, never mind. Pete, when did, when, did, when did you think I was a Pete Buttigieg fan? I was just kidding. Nobody is. 
You know, if you look at his name, I think it's spelled B-U-T-T-G-I-E-G, right? That sounds right. How do you? How does Buttigieg? How is that the right way to say it? Wouldn't it just be butt gauge or butt no, butt gauge? I'm I'm not in the business on hating on other cultures how they pronounce words. I'm not I'm not getting into so, that one. So you're in the business of like doing illegal off market smelting, yeah, but I'm you can't in, pronounce how a name from somebody. I'm in the business of illegal um, trafficking of of goods and metal objects. Well, I just have to say that as the city rises up. For we are not alone, it seems. So many riders in the sky, the winds of longing in their sails, searching for the other side. I saw on Reddit somebody, Jake likes to read the lyrics when he's trying to think of what to say. I saw on Reddit somebody... Edit that out. I saw, <laughs> I saw on Reddit somebody said that, that you know that beginning, at the beginning of the track when you start it, it's got that weird like... Apparently, yeah, they you, played it backwards. Yeah, if you play it backwards, it says something. And I was going to throw it into Pro Tools and do it, but I didn't have the time. The person on Reddit said that Reddit is not Snopes accurate. So it yeah, says it like something some, like, some dis- look uh, around some, you now, it is strength. It looked like there was some debate as to what it said. So I was going to try it on my own, but I never did. The uh, Reddit post in question is from you uh, slash bish. 182, two years ago, and the title of the post is Galleon Ship on r slash Nick Cave. Big Blink-182 fan, that poster. Maybe so. Maybe so. Big fan of Bishes as well. Are we going to cover, if there was a new Blink-182 album that came out uh, in two weeks, would we cover it? No, probably not. I don't care about Blink-182 anymore. But Mark Hoppus, if you're listening, love Blink-182. But if Travis Barker's listening, don't love Blink-182. Travis... Really want to try your new matcha oat milk latte thing at uh, Monty's Good Burger, but if you want to be on the podcast, let who's which which Jenner which which uh, Kardashian is he dating Courtney? I don't Chloe, right? Yeah, Chloe. I think you and your wife come on the podcast. We'd love to talk to you. They're from San Diego, right? Blink One Eighty Two. San Diego, correct. That's what I thought you yeah. might run into him right at the too. grocery store. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, San Diego. Dago, as we call it. Locals call it. Do you think, uh, what, what song do you think you like better, this or Spinning Song? I like uh, Spinning Song better. But I do really like the part of this song. It's really pretty where he does the uh, fly, fall and fly and fly and fall deep into your loveliness. I really like that part. We're going to get a Gabriel Ha galleon ship cover? Maybe so. I still go down in the name of sounds like Elvis covering Nick Cave. You ain't nothing but a ham, no, yeah. Crying all the time. And a hennis and a man. You ain't no Ian McCurtis of mine. I got to do one more shout out, Jake. I saw that. Kid Congo Powers announced that he's uh, releasing a memoir. I think you can pre-order it. So mm-hmm. it's a big year. Oh, shit. For, a big year for Nick Cave fans that are readers. We got Nick Cave's book. Uh, Warren Ellis put out that book last year. Nina Simone's Gum, and then mm-hmm. now we got a Kid Congo Powers book. I'm gonna have to read that. I also, there's another music book that came out last year that you were talking about that 
well, has like Thursday and at the drive-in in it or something. Oh yeah, it's not related to the Nick K family, but uh, I can't remember what it's called. I let Mike borrow it. I'm about to read this Bob Odenkirk memoir, so I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, can I file a, a formal grievance with the podcast? I mean, you're yeah, you got to file it with yourself. So more, good luck. More so with the the Nick K. I don't. Well, you do all the paperwork, or our HR Buffy will do it. She's in HR now. Getting a little old to call yourself kid. Why don't we call him adult? Congo powers, huh? No, but he's oh. never heard that before. <laughs> oh. Think you're uh, a real wise guy. Yeah, you're a real wise guy, huh? Ian's not very good at the voices. He can only do the monotone uh, nerd from The Simpsons voice. Maybe kids is legal first name. <laughs> what are you, a goat? Come on, kid. What? He's the goat. Hot sauce all on top of your ramen, you bish. Got a Blink-182 and Kendrick fan in that name, Bish-182. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, that maybe you know that's saying? Bish comes from. You know, Ian gets so happy whenever I bring up... If I just say Ken, he's always like, like Drick? Drick? He, like, finishes it. He, like, finished my, finishes my the name for him. I'm like, no, Kenny Beats or huh? Ken Barbie Dolls. He's the greatest rapper of all time. Greatest rapper of all time. Performed at the Super Bowl. Performs at the Super Bowls. Hey, uh, best Super Bowl snack, uh, buffalo chicken dip or sour cream and onion dip? I don't really like either that much. Um, I guess buffalo chicken dip, but really neither. I appreciate your honesty. What about you? Uh, you like chips and salsa. Chips and guac. You like chips you like and dips. You just want some chips and you want things, various substances to dip said chips into. Y'all got bitchin' sauce out in Kentucky yet? No, what's that? It's a almond-based dip. Queso? And it's like queso, but it's oh, made out of almonds. We have and something it's just like, like that. A nut Maybe dip. that's the brand. We, we do have something like that, yes. It's amazing. Um, I will say if Pigpen makes it for me, I'll eat buffalo chicken sauce or buffalo chicken dip all day because he makes the best buffalo chicken dip. My favorite snack is probably probably just straight up popcorn, you know? Yeah. I love popcorn. Boring, very fitting for you. <laughs> it's easy to eat through your mask too. You can like create the suction and the pieces come through the little microfibers. Well what do people usually eat for the Super Bowl? I don't really like buffalo wings. I don't like the vin I don't like vinegar. I don't really Vinegar. Like yeah, buffalo sauce is like very vinegary. Oh, uh, I would say like main, uh, like seven really layer dips, seven layer dips, no. chips, so like potato chips, it's whatever, uh, tortilla chips, probably like flaming hot Cheetos, um, cookies, a lot of like pies, cakes, that kind of stuff. I love pies and cakes. I love anything with sugar in it. I mean, probably like a fucking huge, like I bet there's people that make like ham and turkey and chicken and shit. Steak burgers. Uh, That's not like a Super Bowl food, though. Steak fries, beer, beer-flavored fries. What about like loaded fries, like beer cheese fries? Now that I can Beer cheese, with. anything like that. If it's bar food, it's eaten on the Super Bowl. Soft pretzels? Yes. Pizza? Sure. Um, Ian, we haven't done a rating in a while, and we're still not going to do one, but... How do you feel about Galleon Ship? Like, where does it rank on Ghosting for you? 
Ghosting is a weird album in that I think this album is about vibes more than like individual songs. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I just, I think you said it best last week when you were like, as soon as Spinning Song starts, that synthesizer hits and you just feel something. I think this, mm-hmm. song, this album just makes you feel something that kind of goes beyond songwriting. So, mm-hmm. like, Bright Horses and another one we're going to talk about this month stand out. And everything else is kind of equal to me. Like, it's just like a mood the whole album has. It's hard to say anything's better or worse than anything else. You know, I think that pretty much captures my feelings about it, too. As Darius said in the season two opener of Atlanta... As they walk into the alligator man's house, vibes. Cat Williams. Oh yeah, yeah. Love He's Darius. like, can I come? Can I come with you into this house? There's some serious vibes going yeah. on in there. <laughs> and then the cops come, and he's just like, I gotta leave, and he just walks out and puts his hands up. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Um, Jake, I got another. I got another show shout out. I went to another concert in the past week. I can shout out. Oh. Ian's Corner, Ian's Corner, he's talking about live music that he saw. So we, we drove up to Columbus, Ohio to see Pink Shift, Cloud Nothings, and Pup the Band. The venue was on Ohio State's campus, which I don't know if you've ever been up there. I don't know if you guys played shows up in Columbus. Sadly not. It's like the biggest college campus I've ever seen. It's like a whole city. So the venue was on campus, which sucked. Like, it's fucking college kids everywhere. It was a Saturday night, so it was crazy. Couldn't find anywhere to park. Not not my kind of vibe. But the show was great. I didn't... I'm not a big, you know, pup fan like Courtney is. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how popular they were. This place... said online they the place can hold 1,700 people, and it was sold out. Wow. Which is like... Yeah, but dude, people love pup. That's like a... Big band. I mean, 1,700 people is like three headliners of a venue we have back in Louisville. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a huge place. I didn't know they were... I mean, I don't know if there's another punk band of the past 10 years that could sell out a place that big. Maybe Turnstile? Probably not. Uh, Turnstile? Yeah, it was a lot of fucking people. I love Cloud Nothings, though. They played so fast. I got why Steve Albini liked them. They were really fast, really loud, really spastic. I thought they were mm-hmm. great. Pup was really was impressive. Pup. I mean, they're ready to fucking conquer the world, but they've never clicked with me on that level. Courtney's always sharing Pup songs, and they don't they don't do it for me, but I am glad that they do it for other people. Yeah, I mean, it was it was cool to see. I, I mean, I know all their songs through Courtney, so you know I was familiar with the music. But yeah, I don't know. They just put out a new album. They're playing a lot of songs from it. Uh, album artwork's really cool for that album. Pink Shift was, I mean, they're really young. They're like 18. They, you can tell, really want to be Paramore. Uh, it's not really my thing, but I I hope they grow out of it and turn into something I like, because I think they could be. How would you rate the show? Uh, don't I give don't it a know. number rating, though. Give it a word. Um, give it three I, words. The word was impressive, because I had no idea it was going to be this that big of a venue. I was, we got there, and we were going to eat. And the line to get in the venue was wrapped like three blocks around. Like doors hadn't opened okay. yet and peop- everyone was so excited they were lining up early. Uh, and we got Blaze Pizza, came back, Love still Blaise. had to wait forever to get in. It, 
I I did not. I had no idea the level of popularity Pup had. We have we saw them in like 2019, and they must have just hit another level during COVID. Did you know that at Blaze Pizza you can get free refills on any soft drink you like? <laughs> no, I got the Aqua Fresca. It's a wonderful restaurant. I mean, I love Blaze. It's we didn't have time because we sat in traffic to go to like a real restaurant, and I was like, well, let's get Blaze. I love Blaze. It's good pizza. I like how they cook the crust. You can get a shit ton of toppings at no extra charge. That's spicy. We always red sauce. go there. We always go there on um, Pie Day every year and get the free pie. Three fourteen. Shout out three fourteen. Shout out math equations. Shout out Modest Mouth for talking about math equations. Never ending math equation. Great song. We got to do a um, Modest Mouth episode. Fuck. What are we doing? It's We're coming. Playing around. It's coming. We got to get Courtney on the pod for that, though. Yeah, we'll see. I, I I would love that. We'll see if we can do it. We got a Modest Mouse episode cooking. We got a uh, Cursive episode cooking. We were going to get Travis on for a draft episode, but I think we got to find a different artist to do for that. We did. Um, I'll let this out. We did? Hey, Kendrick. Okay. Right, right, right. We're going to do So we got a Kendrick episode cooking. Um, yeah, we got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Ian, you want me to take this baby home? Uh, let's see. I did the show review. I think that's all That's all I got. Yeah, I'm ready uh, to say goodbye once again. We got two more ghosting episodes coming up. I'm not going to tell you what the name of the episodes are going to be because it'll spoil it. But we're talking about two more songs from Ghosting and our Ghosting April residency. We've got Professor Ghosty just hanging out in the fucking lecture hall so stay tuned for more of that check us out at jubilee street pod on instagram in our bio there you can find our link tree which takes you to all of our uh links and websites we've got a spotify link there so you can like follow subscribe leave us a five-star rating we've got our apple podcast link there you can like follow subscribe leave us a five-star rating five it's actually only let you leave five-star ratings for our podcast i don't know why um, Steve Jobs, really big fan of the podcast. So I don't really know how that's possible, but maybe, you know, the power of ghost scene and maybe he's on the galleon ship and he's leaving us five star reviews. I don't know how it works. Uh, we've also got an email account where we get emails from you guys pretty often. We get a lot of emails. People love this podcast. So uh, Jubilee Street at gmail.com, <laughs> Jubilee Street Pod at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, uh, if you are. Um, Headed out, headed out, and you're going that way. Make sure you stop at the clerk's office to pick up your ticket for jaywalking. Thanks for stopping by. We love y'all. We're very popular. And if we rise, my love, oh my darling, precious one, we'll stand and watch the gas.